This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including the Great Conjunction, the first ever dark crystal convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com. And to our Crystal of Truth TR Patreon member, Albert Kesser. Albert's a fellow Aussie and Dark Crystal fan who's actually been on Trial by Stone as a guest before. He makes intricate pattern prints, the kind you'd find a mystic carving into the sands in the forests of Thra. So if you like the Dark Crystal, there's a good chance you'll like his patterns too. You can check out his art and entertainment podcasts on Apple, Stitcher or Google just by searching Albert Kesser. That's Kesser, C-H-E-S-S-A. And check out shirts products with his patterns on them at albertkesser.com forward slash store. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Dea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart. Now go, you heroes of Thra. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone. I'm your host, Philip, and just want to say thank you so much for tuning in as we talk all things Dark Crystal and interview people who've, you know, who are fans or have worked on the show. And on this show, we've got a very special guest. Her name is uh, Shannon, and she uh, was the, the visual effects editor on the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. And um, it also mean you, you also host um, a, a Star Wars podcast um, called uh, pod, uh, Postcards from On the Galaxy's Edge. So, Shannon, I just want to say thank you so much for being uh, on Trial by Stone. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited. So, yes, oh, you did your research. Yes, uh, Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge. Yes, I do do a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and I was actually just, just curious, like, I mean, what is your podcast, um, like, all about? Like, I know, of course, it's Star Wars thing, but is there something like um, any, anything more to it or just, like, news or discussions or, yeah? Yeah, um, it's funny. Actually, very recently, I became part of a network of Star Wars podcasts, and they all each one has like its own kind of um, kind of unique selling point. So one's like a live show, one's like a news show, one's like fanboys geeking out, one's collecting, and mine is it. I do cover the news and things like that, but it's also a um, it will. I kind of deep dive with like the visual. I always have kind of the visual effect and uh, post production perspective. On it, so I always bring that to it, especially a lot of things John Favreau, because I've also worked on two projects with John Favreau, not personally, but he was like the director of them. So it's it's quite interesting to have that little insight kind of thing. So that's where mine's a bit different, and also each episode broadcasts from a canon planet and things. So I always add like little. It'll have like a soundscape, and the postcard will be animated, and yeah. So uh, so it's unique in that way. <laughs> Oh, that is that is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, definitely for anyone who loves the Star Wars, um, definitely check that out. Um, as I'm sure I will as as well. So that that, that is really awesome. 
So I, I guess, you know, before we get into sort of talking about Age of Resistance, I mean, I'd love to know just a bit about your background. Like, I know you mentioned that, you know, your sort of background is in sort of like visual effects editing or, or in post-production. And I'd love to know, like, how, how did you um, get into into that industry for yourself? Oh, wow. It was, um, it was very much a magical mystery tour. Um, I, I knew I wanted to do editing when I was in high school, which that was, I'm going to age myself now, but that was like 2002, 2003, I'm the class of 2003. Um, and digital editing was just kind of in its infancy. You know, we talked about this slightly offline. That's, um, you know, there was Final Cut Pro and things like that. But I always loved like performance and music and things like that. But I love technology and I was able to kind of combine both of those loves into editing. It was just, how do I get there? So, you know, I went to college and I, I actually ironically was on a, a, a musical theater scholarship. And, uh, but I was in such a small, uh, I was in such a small town that um, we just made short films on, you know, the, the camcorders with the mini DV tapes. And then I, you know, digitized them in real time. None, none of this GoPro, oh, your files are like transferred over in minutes. I guess so. The listeners, I mean, these are back, yeah, with the mini DV tapes, essentially, when they're all in standard definition. It was the 720 by 576. Um, yeah, definitely remember filming quite a few little videos, like on those cameras and, yeah, with those tapes. And, oh, yes. Um, especially, like, you know, digitizing them. Yeah. <laughs> in real time. Oh, my God. You know, that you just had to, it was, oh, yeah, in real time. Yeah, nevertheless. Yeah, yeah especially with um, good old Firewire, so <laughs> yes. um, how far we certainly come since then, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, after that, I, um, I decided, I knew I would never be like a stage performer, so I actually went to a film school in Colorado, because I'm originally from the States, like I live in the UK now, but um, originally from the US, and uh, went to film school for a couple years in uh, Colorado, and then started working in television, and then um, about 2010, moved to the United Kingdom and in about 2014 uh, all, all this time I was kind of editing you know offline editor basically for people who don't know what an offline editor is that's kind of the person who does the creative assembly um, kind of thing and uh, and just really kind of fell into visual effects on accident um, there was a I worked on it I worked on a few commercials. Um, funny story, that gif with Kermit the Frog sipping the tea, that was me. Um, I wasn't the, uh, I wasn't the uh, creative editor, but I was the visual effect editor. And, um, and to explain kind of what a visual effect editor does is we basically get the edits from client and then we have to kind of give the information to all the artists. And so there was like a naming convention, like how the file's named, broken down into shots, um, given to the artists, and the artists give it back to us. And we have to make sure basically the edit stays intact, but we add the visual effect shots and then give it back to clients. So for Dark Crystal, it's Netflix. You know, Lion King, it's Disney, you know. So that's kind of we're like what I call the revolving door in the visual effect industry. Basically, we bring things in and bring things out and it's a seamless kind of movement. Yeah, so I mean, cause I mean, my background is, um, uh, I'm, I'm assistant editor and that this, uh, the visual effects cinema, it sort of seems to be sort of almost equivalent of, um, you know, the assistant editor 
but instead of dealing with you know shots and footage and raw footage and all you know LUTs and you know all, all these <laughs> all these uh, jargon that we sort of have to a codex and so much more um, that your focus is purely on the visual effects um, you know with a show like yeah for example Dark Crystal uh, which I mean I can I can imagine I mean I think for yourself I think you um, worked with the did the visual effects visual effects editor I think for two episodes um, I think with episodes four and nine I, I guess I can just imagine just like the amount of shots that you would get you know on a on a daily basis or you know just putting them on the on the systems and everything um, that, that must be like you know you think oh yeah you can do all 10 episodes but um, but with Dark Crystal, it seemed like a very, it seemed more comp, you know, very a complex kind of show to deal with, like in regards to the visual effects side of things. Um, when I moved to kind of where I'm currently at at the moment, um, I had just come off The Lion King, which was a very big show. But then this show, Dark Crystal, was the biggest TV had ever had. So they were a bit kind of overwhelmed. And that's why they actually were like, hey, we think you should come on to this because you kind of have some experience um and it's interesting because yeah we have a term called turnover or basically that's when turning over all the shots and it's funny that you mentioned all those technical things because we do need to still know those because we have to share that with the people who do our digitizing and you know the artists might need to know these things and color oh my god color is just color science <laughs> yeah Listen. that's a whole that's a whole novel world yeah <laughs> oh my god i mean it's very... i mean especially especially ex- i know like especially now than what it used to be you know five or ten years ago like with with the introductions of lots and and then i guess you know with 4k like the hdr like yeah yeah <laughs> Nits. <laughs> well, every and every camera has their own idea of like what the color red is supposed to be. Mm. Oh my god! <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, we would get episodes turned over, so I could be sitting there, you know, ready to go for a couple of days, and then all of a sudden it's like we get an email at like eight o'clock at night, kind of going, "Okay, here comes episode four. Here's all your turnover." And I mean, it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shots um because it literally was every shot in the sequence i mean and it could be simple things like oh okay we're removing you know the rods or they they did some really cool stuff something called facial augmentation which is the puppets would move you know they mouth did move but you can't i mean even with modern day puppets i mean babu frick on Rise of Skywalker is fantastic, um, but you just you can't you can't get the little smirks or you know the little subtle eye movements, and that's where facial augmentation comes in. Another great example. I'm sorry, a lot of these are Star Wars, but they do go kind of in tandem. Is um, I think his name's Krill or Kroll, God, I'm terrible, uh, from The Mandalorian. That mask is moving on set, but then you just have little help with visual effects to make it just a little more believable but there's something about puppetry and I think Dark Crystal really kicked that door open like funny story when the company was pitching to do this they actually wanted to do it completely digital completely digital you know there's a test of the gel- the gelflings running down the hallway I think running from um, a silk spitter I think that's what they're called um and it was completely digital. And then I don't remember who thought, you know what? Actually, let's do all puppets. Let's let's do it. 
do it that way. And because uh, I, I remember, I don't know if this is sort of the same thing, the same video that was um, in the Crystal Coles um, documentary. And um, it was yes, pretty much that, yeah, that, that test between um, a CGI Gelfling versus a puppet Skeksis uh, with Mira sort of running away from the Skeksis. And yeah, so that's, that's the one. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was a very interesting test. And I mean, I'm certainly, you know, <laughs> thank goodness that they sort of, you know, decide, well, this CGI for purely for the Gelfling just doesn't work. And of course, I think when they try to do, you know, an augmentation test and, you know, as that as a possibility. And I guess like one of the, the examples I can really think of that, um, that I guess with, with that facial augmentation is definitely on date. Um, and especially with um, her eyes um, that I, like a good bulk of it was all just pretty much replaced all, you know, they're all her eyes was essentially digital. And I, I guess that must've been, was that, was that probably one of the most challenging aspects? Like, you know, with, with her eyes, because her eyes are black, essentially you're all dark. Was that something that was really hard, you know, for them to get the right, you know, the right level of blackness or, you know, right level to get her eyes feel really unbelievable. Well, I, I, I feel bad and I'm, I'm not trying to be, Actually, no. The puppet, the eyes were black. Like yeah, yeah, they yeah. didn't digitally no. change anything. Uh, the colors or anything. Um, the only okay, things yeah. that really kind of the the facial augmentations were like brows, mouth, maybe eyelids. Eyelids was a thing. But um, I I know I saw episodes where because yeah, when she's um because yeah, in episode nine I believe, yeah, she's like fainted or something like that. And she, I mean yeah, the puppet definitely um had the the black eyes so yeah the so i, I don't i think the puffer kind of did all that they may have like maybe taken reflections out or things but no they um they, they, there was never any color changing or anything like that i thought oh, okay, i'm not yeah. saying that you're wrong it's just oh no 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 definitely no oh, okay so <laughs> oh, okay so her eyes weren't always like cgi it was only like certain some certain moments or, or not not at all that's what i'm, I'm, I'm not at all about, yeah. i think maybe the yeah yeah, not at all. I mean, maybe at the end of episode 10, where obviously, I'm sorry the term, but like all the purple essence or whatever. Oh, is, the, the, um, the darkening, yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, the darkening, thank you. That was probably enhanced. That's definitely um, what they call FX, which is a department in visual effects um, that does all that cool simulation kind of stuff. But no, I, I promise like her puppet. Um, now she did have a digital double what we call a, a digi double so when she did some of the flying stuff um it was cool they did have puppeteers there's like three of them you know two for the front and one for the legs and the back so when she's flying through the village um that's not deet is it that's um uh well well i know um i think else that might have been i know brea uh Bre that would be um brea that's it it's uh, when, when, yeah when she's Sorry. um you know when she's going up the stairs in, in the library and um yeah, yeah, I definitely noticed I'm that, that was a digi. Deep, deep was through the caves. Yeah, through yeah, the caves across. Yeah, yeah. She was. Yes, yeah. Sorry, as I, I bless her, I said to Philip, I was like, you're going to forgive me. My names are going to get mixed up. And oh, no, I that's just right, hear yeah. fans going, how do you not know these names? I'm you worked on the show. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, it's all, uh, it's yeah. all good. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I can yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the cool thing was for for the close-ups they were still filmed as puppets but for obviously the very wide shots there was a few digital what they call digi doubles that were made to kind of help so i mean of course then that will have you know 
eyes and things but um so yeah that um so yeah they that that's what was so fantastic these puppets were so fantastic that we didn't have to touch a lot like it literally was just kind of okay just make it smile a little more that's you know and it'd be um these kind of sliders in uh the software maya and uh, nuke that they'd be able to just manipulate the performance just so there's just that little more that obviously they couldn't do in 1982 and the original one but uh yeah 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 uh, that, that's awesome yeah i i mean that's something yeah i was really surprised about yeah with deep size i i i, I don't know i th- i thought the, they were always sort of digital like throughout the entire show um so i was surprised that yeah they were, you know that would have been so expensive yeah. oh yeah <laughs> Uh yeah no, no that's that's awesome um yeah yeah um, I was just really surprised about that yeah so that sort of that sort of took me off for a bit so um, you know all these reports you know, read and then yeah so that was really interesting well yeah that's and I'm happy to kind of <laughs> can be like actually not technically but um, I also I know. Thought it was a, a cool yeah. attention to detail though because obviously her character is underground so I thought that was very cool that her eyes would be you know, different than the other Gelflings because her people are underground. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's it. And I didn't even click that until actually watching when it was on Netflix and talking to my better half. And she was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Gelflings, like, um, yeah, what they did with the show was just marvelous and just um, being able to expand, like, on the all these different Gelfling clans. And I know, like, for her, you know, for fans of Dark Crystal that sort of knew about these clans through books and whatnot, but to see them like on screen um, was, um, yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, just to be able to see them all and what they all look like and all that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah, f- funny story, inside little thing there. You know that opening kind of explanation where they were like, these are the clans. This is, you know, where the so-and-sos are from. That was a last-minute addition. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. That was, literally, that was literally one of the last things that we were wrapping. Um, and I think some of the graphics in the beginning were done by a different company. But... Um, yeah, we they were like, yeah, we might need to kind of explain this a little bit. Kind of a Lord of the Ring, not Lord of the Rings, pardon me, Game of Thrones kind of map section. We always joked and called it the Game of Thrones kind of opening shot. But, um, but yeah, so that was literally probably one of the last things to leave the building was actually one of the first things you saw in the show. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that, that, that is so cool. Like, because um, I definitely remember, I mean, you know, for me, like my, my, my background's in post, so... I think there was actually a video that came out, which I'll try and put in the show notes. Um, but I think, I don't know where it was, um, I think it was DNEG. There was this, they demonstrated how they did the prologue and that it was all essentially done in, in After Effects. Yeah, with the prologue. And so I guess, you know, with, with Age Resistance, like um, what, what programs was used like throughout the show? Was it all After Effects or was there like other programs that were um, using? Yeah. Well, it it's, it, it's funny that you say that because um, you mentioned it, but yeah, at DNA, that's where I'm at. Like, there, um, we didn't use After Effects, so that's why I think we. I think that was a shared project where there was another company that did the After Effects kind of elements, and then we edited it in with the. I don't know. That one was an interesting one, but um, but I know for most of the stuff, it's softwares like um, a compositing software from the foundry called Nuke. Um, I know, God, there's, I think, texturing done in Houdini. I mean, they're like the big boy 
com um, softwares. Um, and then stuff was done in Maya. But another thing in the visual effect industry is every company makes their own self-proprietary software. So uh, that's why sometimes like when you see films that are uh, done by several companies, like the Marvel films and things, if you've ever seen Rocket and go, why does his fur look different in that sequence, but in that sequence looks a bit different? That's because, for example, every visual effect company has their own fur simulator. It's not an off-the-shelf software. So it's kind of the same thing. So we, we had some uh, self-written tools as well. So it's a whole conglomerate of things kind of put together. But um, uh, I definitely, I don't think we have After Effects in the pipeline. Really, the only Adobe thing we do have is Premiere that we use, the visual effect editors use, and some Photoshop. But I, I don't think After Effects, that's why I think I was a bit, because I know what video you're talking about. Um, I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, because we also, as part of a visual effect editor, we're one of the people that prep the, the data packages to send out the building. So I would have seen like an AE script or something. That's why I was like, really? It was After Effects? I was like, hang on, I think this is like a joint thing. <laughs> it's a shame because the guy, the guy who worked on episode one, because um, the prologue was even its own like project done separately. So yeah, it was like, bit of a nightmare but it's a shame I, I should ask uh, James like he would know because that was he was in charge of that but uh, I don't I'll have to ask some people that are, were still we still work together might be like wasn't that After Effects or what was the story about yeah. that but, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's uh, that's really yeah that's really interesting yeah with After Effects yeah being well, like yeah for the prologue pretty much for the most for a good bulk of it yeah yeah um because I know like because, I mean, for me, like, getting into filmmaking, and I definitely remember, like, you know, with Lord of the Rings, like, special extended editions, and even being introduced, I think we've, um, you, you probably know what I'm talking about, um, with all those battles, and that they were all done by, I think, a, well, they, I think it was, like, their own program, but then it became uh, Shake, uh, which I know, uh, you know, years later, Apple bought it, and, and then it got discontinued or whatnot. But, so, that, that's, re yeah, so, that that's always been interesting about, how visual effects um, companies sort of have their own sort of um, software, or, you know, that you use purely for your own projects that aren't available anywhere else. So was there was there things like through age resistance that like in you know uh, with software you know that you not I mean not you said but with the company that they actually had to to build like for just for the show. Um, I can't really comment on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> a, a guarded secret, but um, yeah, there definitely yeah. was like inside tools. But yeah, I, I can't. Okay, yeah, the I'm, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh no, no, of course, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, insider secrets, I guess. So no, that's a fair enough. But but very interesting, nonetheless. You know that, of course. You know when you have yeah have software, you know that's exclusively to the companies and um that. Yeah, like when, especially with big projects like Age of Resistance, like, yeah, I can definitely imagine that, you know, some tools would have had to be made to make things achievable. I yeah. do know kind of the, 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 the software that does usually have to be a lot of things written from scratch is FX and simulations. So I do know for like Pirates of the Caribbean, for example, they had to just... They couldn't just use an out of the box because they needed the, the water to do such specific things. Um, same for Lion King, you know, the grass, it needed to move in such a specific way that sometimes it's actually 
not easier, but you have more control if you write it yourself than doing something out of the box. Um, I, I can say this because it's been so long now. I know for the Jungle Book, they tried using Speedtree for a long time because we needed to build all this jungle, but it just didn't do enough that they ended up going, we're just going to write something ourselves. And then, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely, you're seeing kind of an examples that it, there's a reason why they have to, because, because they, each project needs something so specific or support something so specific that unfortunately, yeah, you can't just go, yep, yeah, Maya can do that. It can, but uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> it's tricky. <laughs> yeah yeah no for, for sure um and so i guess you know because you worked on you know just two two of the episodes with episodes four and nine um i mean i'd love to know just sort of um what were some moments like throughout you know working on the show like uh some visual fix work that was like really challenging to to pull off like initially like you know once you got the you know going through the left footage and then you know, how, how, you know, just, I guess the process from, you know, from, from dailies and then all that work that went into the visual effects. I can definitely say the ones that were the hardest, it might not have even because of the technicality of it or like the technical aspect. It was more of the communication aspect is the dream fast sequences. Oh, those oh dream yes. Fast yeah. Sequences. yeah. <laughs> because it's, you're using footage from previous episodes because we all were mm. in the same room, but you're like, yeah. do you label it as a new shot? Do you keep it as its current shot? Because that's all a billing thing. I don't know a lot of the logistics of production and um, the, the billing and things like that. But to quote, make something a new shot, it's so expensive. And like, and also it clogs up the pipe. So for example, in episode, it's either four or nine, I'm sorry. Um, it's where they're in the, yeah. I think it's four. They're in the yeah, tavern. And yes, yeah, the, the puddling house. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that sequence. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I know, me too. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would have to say episode four is probably um, one of my favorite episodes of the show. Just, um, it, it's because like, you know, just like re, uh, taking a step back and just thinking about each episode. Episode four certainly has a lot going on. Um, like not only like introducing characters, like of course with Naya and Kylan, but you also had Skekmal. And then you had the whole end fight scene between father and son and Skekmal. And that, 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 like that episode, that must've been a pretty <laughs> jam packed, like just, yeah. It was like each sequence was kind of its own one. So yeah. So with the dream fast, it sounds so silly, but this is how complicated communication is with visual effects. The shots where you see the symbol basically burnt into the wood, they did it out of order. They were like, oh, it's shot 200, 220, 210. And they were like, well, can we just rename the shots to be 200, 210, 220? And we literally had to be like, we can't. It will break our pipeline because we have, there's so much involved you know it's i can't even try to think of an analogy right then so we literally just finally you know as the editor I had to go to production and go we we can't like this is gonna break because i you, you sometimes have to be a technical liaison because production they might not know all the technical insights so we were like you have to go back to the client and just tell them it has to be 200 220 210 because otherwise you're looking at two weeks of 
trying just to rename something. It's just like, mm-mm. yeah, <laughs> and so just to rename to answer things that question, and back and yeah, backtrack and backtrack. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then it's also we had to because someone else was doing like the transitions. I think it could have been Netflix doing it themselves. So that the little kind of glowy transitions someone else was doing. So we had to do the math of how many frames are you getting. There's something in visual effects where each shot has something called handles, which is basically additional frames that aren't shown in the cut. So you can do things like transitions or sometimes they can change and edit. Once it's delivered, they can slip it kind of thing. So we had to tell them, well, how many frames do you want? And oh yeah, it was such a technical headache so yeah sorry to answer that question it was just that was the most which is funny because it's actually not that difficult from a technical standpoint but from a communication and logistical standpoint those dream fast sequences were a nightmare yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no it certainly took its time yeah just to um yeah just, i mean just imagining just yeah just a process you know from from start to the finished product is you know completely different um <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that, that so cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think. And what was sort of like, of course, the challenging things were, of course, like you, like you said in episode four, the dream fasting. But what was some shots that were sort of for you was like, oh, that was that was an easy one to process or, you know. <laughs> I can't I can't think of an easy one. I think, cause, again, I think because it was so big and overwhelming that um I, I think it was just, I think you were just happy when the sequence was delivered. You're like, okay, great. I can say um, the show had wrapped and Netflix, it had premiered on Netflix and Netflix came back to us. And I think it's episode 10. Whoever's the creatures that have like their mouth sewed shut or the eyes sewed shut, uh, there's a shot where you could see. Uh, yeah, uh, Kevin Clash. Yes. Yeah. You could see his head through the cage. Yeah, so we had to all of a sudden open the show back up, paint him yeah. out, <laughs> and deliver the show again. And I don't know if they ever fixed it, but um, that's showed how like Netflix, they're able to basically just replace the file but not lose the link kind of thing. So I think it's episode 10. It's, it's when basically all hell's breaking loose. Um, it's very quick, like... You blink and you miss it, but there was two shots where you saw. Luckily, the gentleman is black, so it was darker. But you, yeah, the puppeteers. That was another thing. Was just sitting in dailies, kind of going, "Oh, there's a puppeteer. We need to paint him yeah, or her out it. and things yeah. like that." <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, that, so. that must have been a bit of a challenge. Yeah, you know, trying to to paint out, you know, some of the puppeteers and um yeah I, I remember like i heard that one yeah with down in episode 10 and um yes yeah, but it was interesting yeah just you know how quick of a turnaround i guess that that was um you know yeah trying to do do that within and i, I guess that's the thing like especially with technology these days it's like well you know it's easy just to replace you know just replacing those shots um and then putting it back into the master file um you know you don't it's like I know usually in the days where it's like, oh, you know, if you make, if there's a couple of mistakes in the edit, then you got to re-export everything and, you know, do it all from scratch. And, um, but it's cool that, yeah, you know, moments like that, that you can sort of um, get to, um, you know, yeah, just sort of do these quick little fixes. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it was just, it was literally just two shots, but it was hilarious when we heard that. <laughs> we were like, what? 
And then we, sure enough, we pulled it up on the, on, the, on Netflix on our phone. And we're like, oh my God, yeah, there it is. <laughs> so, yeah, we're like, God, how did that get there? But, you know, that happens. I mean, obviously we know about like the Starbucks, Cupgate. Uh, I mean, look at that, Game of Thrones. Like it, people saw it on the premiere and then like it's gone now. Like it's digitally painted out kind of thing. So that's the thing with a human, a human art there still will always be mistakes but uh yeah so that one that was a fun day we were just like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> just came out of nowhere and um i mean especially like with um with with dneg that like you guys were like the sole the sole vendor like for this one show which is which seems to be a very rare um like occurrence i guess because i mean most feature like for example i mean with feature films that they usually have multiple you know, visual effects studios that work on certain sequences or certain shots here and there. Um, and I don't know how, I don't know how it works with TV, where some shows, they, they do have multiple vendors, but I know, but because I mean, we show like age of resistance, which is pretty much, you know, you feature film quality, you know, visual effects, you know, like that for age of resistance that, um, yeah, you must've been put in a very unique sort of spot where it's like, everything was all in the in-house, um, it, it was it, it was very helpful um it's weird i'm actually just it's just weird timing that um i i've worked on two shows three shows that for the most part were sole vendor i mean jungle book was 10 percent of it was weta the whole king louis stuff was weta but lion king was all mpc so then to jump from that to then dark crystal that was all dneg it was kind of like you know now just finishing this year a show that's been multi-vendor has been an interesting task but um yeah it um it's not usually common but it's becoming more common because it makes sense if you can do it because then if so, you need something it i now being on a multi-vendor show you things like your color science and i can't even say all the terminology you that's some really geeky stuff right there but it's so easy to get things lost in translation so you know when you have something this big it makes sense but it also makes the project very long like I was on it for nine ten months where some people there were on it for like two three years like it's insane so it's it's cool but I mean yeah especially I mean you know only doing like two episodes and just being there for yeah working on that show for nine months just purely based on you know two episodes alone like um it, it does make me think it's like you know if if there was only one visual effects editor like it, it would take you years essentially to get this show out like yeah you needed so many people like and 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 just the logistics or you know everyone to be essentially on the same page to to make it all work yeah it was it was really smart because like usually um visual effect ed- editors it's kind of like I mean, I guess for like, even like Lion King, we all just knew all the sequences, but for Dark Crystal, which is actually, I think, bigger than Lion King, I could be wrong, don't quote me on that. Um, It made sense to be like, okay, you are in charge of these episodes, these episodes, blah, blah, blah. But it was, we also did help each other on other episodes. So it was one of those, like if someone was in a review session or was, you know, bogged down by something, then I'd be like, okay, cool, I'll open episode six. So we had to have 
every project structured the same so we literally could go in and go okay I haven't never seen episode six but I know where I'm going so if I need to check this sequence that sequence um so you did still become accustomed to other sequences or um, other episodes but it was one of those if anyone had any technical questions it was like ah episode four and nine that is Shannon kind of thing but that's why they were like saying you know put your name down for all of them because you did touch all of them but like you know the ones you were in charge of which is funny because like when they did the closing credits um some of like I'm on episode one two I don't even think I'm on episode nine because like it's so hard to one visual effect editors especially it's very difficult to get an on-screen credit and just lucked out that last year I happened to have two on-screen credits that I've that's the only two I've ever had and it's ironic it's, it was within it was only within like two months of each other and I probably like for my show that just wrapped now definitely won't have an on-screen credit um so when they were like, you'll get an on-screen credit, but it might not be with your episodes, it was like, I don't care. I'm so happy with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, so it's funny. Yeah. I think my name is actually on like episode one, two, maybe four. I don't know. I think there's one. Of, I think four of my name isn't on there. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Some other episodes, you just do you only touch them a couple of times, but yeah, still still got a credit for them. Exactly. It's like, hey. I mean, I'm even for myself. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, especially in TV in Australia, like, um like most shows don't, they don't have credits. It's just like, oh, not, you know, get, get to the next thing. And, um, and most credits only, uh, like shows in the past, like if they're doing it internationally, like there would be credits. So it'd be good, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, back in the day where it's like, yeah, they would have time to have credits, but these now, days they just what happens like, oh, is like, no, they'll, that's it. You know, the credits yeah, will roll, but then it'll become like a very small picture in picture. And they're like, oh yes, it'll yeah. be like a teaser. It'll go really fast. One. Yeah. You're like, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a bit like um that that simpsons and you know when um bart was um i don't know i think he was on that crusty show and just trying to find his name in the credits it's like oh, that's me it's like that doesn't you know bought samson or like something like that and then, uh yeah 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 <laughs> definitely yeah but it, it but it, it certainly is good you know when you see your name on there it's like yeah you know i worked on this show and yeah no, that, that is so awesome. It, may, it makes and, the parents uh, yeah. back home very proud. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so cool. And um, and I guess like when you when you got on involved with the show, like um, uh, I mean, you sort of got involved like when they started shooting the show. Of course, you had the the pitch video, but that was quite a few years before they production started. So you sort of jumped in uh, during the pro- uh, probably. I mean, cause, cause what was the thing like, um, cause I mean, post-production, post-production was probably, you know, happening concurrently with, with shooting it, right? Or, or did, was there like, you know, took a while to get you footage across sometimes and depending on, I guess, how they shot things like. I'm, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't want to say be wrong. Um, I don't know if things were filmed while we were doing it or if it just was just taking that long to process so sadly it might have been but it may not have been so I I don't want to say yes or no either way I do know that that is possible like for example The Walking Dead like they literally film it and do like the visual effects with and that's why like there's no more episodes because I can't film anymore um so I do know that's possible but for Dark Crystal I'm not sure I do know it was shot in London but I, I don't know if it was 
doing it in tandem. It, there, mu there must have been a period where it was, but I, by the time I showed up on the scene, I don't know. I just knew footage is coming in from episode four and nine. So, so sorry about that. I, I wish I could comment yeah, better yeah. on that. Oh, no, that, no, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be wrong. No, that's fine. No, it's all good. <laughs> I know, I know it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if you got something wrong and you know, you had listeners and that's like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll tell you, you got exactly. something wrong or whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, and I, I guess like, you know, overall like with the show like was there ever some like whether it's moments from episode four or, or nine or any of the other episodes that you know you're looking at this stuff that that, that was coming through and then you were just thinking time with their head you know how, how how you know how we're going to accomplish like this scene or this shot like um oh i don't know because it's such a fast world it wasn't until i was doing because like i did an in-house kind of finals reel which is basically some of the best of the best shots and there were shots of this like almost like flying manta ray looking creature that is just gorgeous um i think the moment yeah yeah, yeah those yeah I, I just, no, those are amazing the uh the crystal skimmers yeah um, yeah yeah especially at the start i think it was like the start of episode seven we had the you know the title and you know it would do the sort of the flyover yeah. flyover the title and I, I definitely love that little yeah, yeah masking so trick there <laughs> I, I so it's so tricky because like in the production phase when i was doing it as a job um you're so focused because there's so much you're so focused on your episodes i think that's why i actually enjoyed watching it as a viewer because there was a lot that wasn't spoiled for me because you'll check things but then you're like out of context you don't understand what it means you're just making sure that you a b it you know going yep okay yeah it's matched perfectly the numbers are matching so you don't understand its context so i loved personally the puppets doing a puppet show like that was almost like that that is the coolest thing like and i know they got a guy off of youtube that does these finger puppet things but um everything visually just was beautiful like even I my breath was taken away when I watched it as a viewer because you're so knife point focused on your episodes and it's just so much like there were times I had to come in on a weekend so I didn't have people asking me questions so I could just get my stuff done um that I I can't to save a moment of wow how are they going to pull that off i do know there were moments where i was like wow that looks cool and some of them are even like kind of simple where it was like the puppets doing a puppet show which i thought was just such a fun little touch and um i know it's like a famous youtuber kind of came in and did it and it was that was kind of a fun touch um Oh, no, I was just going to say um yeah no that was like definitely one of my favorite sort of scenes from episode 7 just that the puppet show within a puppet show and it's it's one of those things where it's like it 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 could have either gone either way it, like it, it could have gone like really bad um but but the outcome like the way it was presented um was just incredible and just um it like it, it, it was sort of fun like as it starts of you know a nod to puppetry but it's certainly like it, it, it really surprised me like as if you're just like wow you know they really pulled off this scene a lot better than what i thought it was going end up being so yeah <laughs> yeah i'll say that the thing that gave us all goosebumps at um work and this is a just a tribute to music choice because that was one of my first things i did before being a visual effect editor was i was the promotional editor 
um, at MPC for three years, so I did all the, the reels, kind of promoting all the work. And I know Music Choice is very important. It was actually that first teaser trailer. We, I mean, God, we must have played that hundreds of times at work because it was so cool because on a lot of Netflix, I'm finding out that a lot of Netflix trailers literally come out like a week before it goes online. And with Dark Crystal, they purposely like really not drug out but they extended that so when we saw the teaser with music and you know seeing you know the the forest and like the the fairies are kind of spinning you just I mean I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now you just were like oh this all makes it worthwhile and just seeing people on Twitter and Facebook and all my friends because I like I said I knew of it but I didn't you know I hadn't seen the original that just to see people so excited it felt good to just go it's worth it okay this is awesome because I think that's the tricky thing I understand people you know they'll diss cats or the Lion King or things but you have to understand there are people who are working 12 14 hour days and they're putting their heart and soul in it so we were doing that on Dark Crystal so to see the trailer and everyone really excited and I mean I was tearing up I was like that is just amazing and seeing you know the the claw grab the crystal and the chains and it goes down and you're just like oh man stuff is going down it was it was very exciting and I was oh like, yeah yeah you're certainly bringing back those memories and I mean it is actually interesting we're talking about this and you know like this month essentially like I think is the one year anniversary like all of that teaser trailer and um yeah i mean that trailer was just just marvelous and just sort of set the tone and just just very fairy tale like and very beautiful just the way that that teaser trailer was all set up um and that was a big thing like i was really glad that that they, they brought out the teaser a bit earlier um especially you know trying to introduce this franchise to new audiences to at least give them hey you know this show's coming out in three months we're giving you this time right now to sort of get your head around it and even i think myself and my co-hosts like with jamie and ethan and we were just you know trying to break down the trailer and just um it was just it was just it was at times it's hard to put things into words because we we're just like we we're just so blown away um with everything that we're seeing it's it's unlike anything and yeah <laughs> i i'm just i'm so honored to say that and it, i was only on it for nine months but it was so i felt so honored to be on something like that and to just see puppetry I mean I say this about the the sequels trilogy about Star Wars I think what I loved was they were bringing the practical back because visual effects needs to be used as a tool not as a we can just do it all and so I I always said though on my Star Wars podcast I was like Dark Crystal um basically did that beautiful marriage of the practical and the visual and that should it should be a case study on how you can make it work and yeah so we're uh we're just kind of all sitting here going okay when's season yeah. two coming and then of course sadly COVID-19 happened but uh yeah. yes yeah yeah I know things have um yeah with COVID I think that definitely has delayed things whether they're going to announce it or not and I think we're just at a very unique stage at the moment um especially I think for Netflix because I think this I think we've even like sort of done our statistics and stuff. And I think this, this would be the longest time that Netflix has announced 
would announce whether shows been cancelled or, or renewed or whatnot. So we're still sort of still having our fingers crossed um, if we're going to get that, you know, that continuation of the story. Because I know especially there's so much more story to tell um, with the world of Thra uh, with Age of Resistance. So, um, um, yeah, yeah, which is which is really cool. Yeah. It's, um, so we're, I think what they might do next time is um, some of the more, I say simple, it's not, but it's, um, I think a lot of the cleanup, which is basically things like rod removal and puppeteer removal. And I think to make, I think what they've learned, this is all speculation. This is not what I've been told, but um, just speculating that um, th- that might go to another company and then Dean Egg will do more the big kind of, okay, here's the facial augmentations and things, but who knows? But um, we're all, you know, I've, I've, I've always said, you know, I volunteer as tribute. I'm ready to go for season two. Um, there's a good one, two, three of us. Because sadly, companies change and people leave and things like that. So three out of the six are still there, um, you know one of the leads is still there and we're like yeah well sign us up we're ready to go like yeah it's because that's the thing like yeah i think because like one one of the people i work with has a kind of differing opinion which is fair enough that you know to them a project is a project it does he doesn't care what he works on it just whatever where for me it's like you kind of want to like the project because you're going to be dealing with this from a minimum of six months to sometimes two years. Lion King was nearly two years. You got to make sure you're not going to be sick of it because you got to be working on it for a while. But um, so that's definitely one I would I would love to go back to. And um, I think it's a big staple in Netflix kind of category that it really, I think, raised the bar for um, TV production and streaming production to just show that it's like these originals that it's like no there's some money behind it there's a production value behind it and it showed visual effects for tv um really lifted the bar and the mandalorian did that too but that mandalorian was several companies it wasn't just ilm yet but um it you know the bar is being raised so sorry that's my little ted talk <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's it's an exciting time so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting. Like the next, even like the next probably five years of visual effects, like in TV alone, um, especially some of the things you know we've been learning sort of behind the scenes. I mean, with the Mandalorian as well, with the way you know with the with the projection on sets essentially, um, three sixty kind of things, which is uh, you know that that's like unlike any any other shows done that. So it's gonna be really interesting to see in the future you know other productions other tv shows are going to take advantage of that technology and who knows you know that i don't know whether they would do that with dark crystal but um it is something you know yeah it's like all these ideas are flowing in my head it's like all these uh, potential possibilities so uh, which is awesome and so I, I know yeah yeah and so like with um you know with working on the show um i know you mentioned that you've you hadn't seen the original film beforehand. Um, did did you like when you got on board with the show? Did you did you decide to watch the film first, or did you like no no I'm gonna you know not watch the show to you know just to? It was funny. We we had it. We had it digital on our library because we we have a lot of um, films for uh, reference materials. 
it was there, but they said you can watch it if you want, but the brilliance about this show, it's a prequel. You don't have to know what's going on. Um, so like I said, I didn't. Um, I do know, I think, I forget, it's in someone's dream fast. There is a nod to, there is a shot of, I don't know the character's name in the original Dark Crystal, but him putting the shard in in the, the crystal that's from the original because I remember my better half losing her mind because she was like, oh, that's from the original, you know, so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, with, um, I think it was episode eight when we were seeing these visions and, yeah, like we saw a vision of like, uh, of Brea holding, you know, a little, little gelfling baby and that's sort of, that part is sort of in the film and yeah, same with, um, I think that, yeah, that famous shot um, with Jen um, but in the, in the film but, in the show it's um it's rian so um so that was kind of really interesting to see like you know how how you know potential how that's going to play out in season two um like those those kind of key moments and those little yeah very you know tight bridge you know trying to uh bridge the gaps you know ever so slightly between the show and um the dark crystal age of resistance yeah yeah it's funny it was almost called age of rebellion and they changed it to age of resistance yeah, I, because I, I think it was because of a, you know, because of Star Wars essentially that, I think it, yeah, back in the, I think, I think when they were trying to develop it as a TV animated series, um, that that was going to be the title, and then sort of you know, oh, you know, it's two Star Wars, and then they call it Age of Resistance, and then of course, you know, we got Resistance in Star Wars, so I that was well, kind of funny, like how that happened. Well, and now, and the Star Wars universe has now been broken down into you have the Age of Republic, Age yes. of Rebellion, <laughs> and the Age of Resistance. Yeah, so it's still there. But I know. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We're yeah. all we're all fans. We all crossover. Oh, totally. Thing, yeah, so, and um, I mean, there's lots of crossovers with Star Wars and and Dark uh, Crystal. You know, from the original film and um, um, and and, and even with, you know with Age of Resistance. You know, with Mark Hamill voicing the the scientist. So I thought, you know, yeah, when when we heard when we first heard about all these casting announcements just how insane that they were going with all these you know big movie stars and especially mark hamill it's like wow like you know uh, you know as a huge star wars fan myself like i was just like wow you know netflix are really you know taking up another lot you know another notch or another level um at the time yeah <laughs> yeah so we'll have to wrap up um for this episode of trial by stone so shannon i just want to say thank you so much uh, for talking visual effects on you know with the show that you worked on um again like the show itself was really incredible and just the visual effects that you know yourself and so many other um you know artists and animators and everyone like from from dnag did just such an incredible job um really did, did us proud essentially so no thank you so much for being on the show and um and of course um how can listeners uh, find out more about you know where they can find you uh yeah first of all thank you for having me on it's i always enjoy kind of geeking out um about all things kind of visual effects and dark crystal and everything so when i saw your podcast i was like i want to reach out i I would love to talk about this and just kind of you know i think it'd be see if you were interested but um yeah you can find my uh personal twitter um i'm just at shenanigan but it's spelled s-h e-n-a-n-i-g-e-n um and yeah if you are interested in uh, my star wars podcast um you can find me on that twitter um which is at p-c-g-e which is postcards from the galaxy's edge um underscore podcast and finally sorry do a lot of them um it's been a bit 
on a bit of a hiatus, but um, I actually do do a visual effect podcast called Pending Final. Um, I'll send I'll send Philip kind of all the links and things so it can be maybe in the show notes and things. But we we had a first season where we kind of broke down kind of each position in visual effects. What does it mean? Um, it's with my co-host Helen, who is more the production side of visual effects and I'm more the technical side. So if you want to learn more about visual effects, uh, we're at pending the final uh, at OTS. So um, yeah, I'll send all those those links and things. But uh, so yes, I'm very active in a lot of different fingers in the pie. But uh, yeah. That's awesome. No, thank you so much. And yeah, as you know, as you said, and you know, we'll definitely put these uh, links in the show notes so you know, all our listeners can listen to yeah your other podcasts and all your other work. So thank you so much. Yeah, and I might be reaching out to you. I might, because uh, I make a, a Star Wars series of postcards, might as well make a, a Dark Crystal uh, series of postcards from all the different lands. That might be a bit fun. So I might go to you, Philip, yeah. and be like, I know, what's I know. this one called? <laughs> we have to... Yeah, I know. We'll have to figure out, because I know you do postcards like based on each planet. So I'm just trying to think of a planet in Star Wars that closely resembles to Thra or, you know, that sort of environment. So, <laughs> Oh, no, I would just, I would just literally, no, I would literally just do that. Oh, right, right. Just as it's, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it ha- yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's own series. Yeah, bring so, it on. Oh, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> like yeah. reaching out to you and being like. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <Cool. laughs> have all the different clan symbols and everything. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. Follow us on Instagram at darkcrystalpodcast and on Twitter at darkcrystalpod. If you'd like to support the show, subscribe to the podcast, write a review on Apple Podcasts and consider being our Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash darkcrystalpodcast. Thank you all so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone. This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including the Great Conjunction, the first ever dark crystal convention in the world. For more information, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com. And to our Crystal of Truth TR Patreon member, Albert Kesser. Albert's a fellow Aussie and Dark Crystal fan who's actually been on Trial by Stone as a guest before. He makes intricate pattern prints, the kind you'd find a mystic carving into the sands in the forests of Thra. So if you like the Dark Crystal, there's a good chance you'll like his patterns too. You can check out his art and entertainment podcasts on Apple, Stitcher or Google just by searching Albert Kesser. That's Kesser, C-H-E-S-S-A. And check out shirts products with his patterns on them at albertkesser.com forward slash store.